Welcome back to the JJK Chronicles, the Jujitsu Kaisen podcast. Lame. What's lame? I mean, it just sounds not as good as... It doesn't flow as well, well as the other one. it's because you did it one way for 70 episodes, and now you're doing it this way. Oh, okay. It's just your little brain can't wrap your head around it. My name's Ronnie. And I'm Chaz. And we are here today to cover Season 1, Episode 3, Girl of Steel of Jujutsu Kaisen. Oh. How are you doing, Chadley? I'm doing great, man, and... You just said Girl of Steel made me perk up a little bit. I'm sure it did, because you are gross. So we're going to talk about this episode, but first off, we need some to do some cleaning up, all right, because... Um, well, it's not that dirty in here. We, uh, well, it actually, uh, yuck. We got to do some, well, we have to introduce a new segment called Ronnie and Chad Pronounce Things. Pronunciate. okay, yeah, Ronnie and Chad Pronunciation Sesh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we okay. should start off by working on how to say pronunciate, but we'll worry about that. We should start with that, but we're not going to. We're well, isn't gonna... that, okay, now that you say that, though, isn't that kind of stupid how you say pronounce, and then when you say in the other form, mm-hmm. it's pronounce? Yeah, let's, so actually I lied. We're not going to talk about the episode at all. We're going to <laughs> dissect the English language. Oh, I'm sure that would be a great podcast. No, we're going to dissect some of these character names because we had some just lovely people uh, message us and help us out because we we don't try and hide it. We are two American dudes who don't know how to say Japanese names. We're just two country boys. There, it's hard. Like it's just hard. You Southern know? accents, it, and it's not for a lack of try. Like I'll say, sure, I could go and probably find it on the internet, but I watch in sub. I watch the show, yep. and I try and listen, and they just like I can't even pick they say out it so where quick. they say it. They're so quick. Yeah. I saw the other night on the Discord where uh, they were explaining uh, Happilord, or ha- I don't know how to say her name either. It's I just, think it's Happy Lord. It's a whole world of me not knowing how to say things. It's very frustrating, but she was talking about how they'll just make sound. They'll like halfway say it, but Japanese people who can speak the language fluently, or if you can speak the language fluently, just know what you mean. And I was like, hey, help me out here. Yeah, it's... I guess it's slang. It's Japanese slang, and we're not into that. All right. So with that being said, I will. I've got it right here, broken down with me. Uh, your friend Ames, she hit us up with the uh, the syllable by syllable, and then Hapalord or who whatever, however you say her name, okay. hit us with Hapa. voice memos, saying it for us. And wow, it was lovely. That yeah, that's Ames. If you would have done it that way, it would have probably been a little better. Don't. Why would you do? I liked both just ways. Just kidding. Both I like the spelling, great. but Ahmed, send us in a video submission. So, first off, we've got E. Ta. Yeah. Itadori. Yeah, Itadori. It, so we were we were pretty close yeah. to this one. It's actually, but but then they said you can say it Itadori as well, yeah. which is and honestly, we're gonna try and do the E, but I've yeah. been working itadori. on it. it. It feels a little hard in the mouth sometimes. Um, and it, it and feels used, a little Italian. Right. And so sometimes it kind of becomes an it, but I'll try and throw in the E. All right, here's one we struggled with. Fushigaro. Fushigaro. Okay. Fushigaro. Fushigaro, yeah. Fushigaro. Mm-hmm. Meg-u-mi. Megumi. Megumi, yep. That's his last, or that's his first name, but we call him his last name because so, in Japan they change. For some reason, last name comes mm-hmm. first, first name comes last. Why? 
And I'll go ahead and say this too. I think it's fair if we swap them around a little bit. Like in my notes, this one, I used a lot of Yuji's um, because like Gojo yeah. that was calling them Yuji and stuff. So I, in my notes, uh, mm-hmm. Itadori kind of becomes that every now and then. Well, I'm probably going to say Fushi or Sushi. Well, you're talking about a different character. Yeah, we like Fushi. Fushi's cute. It's fun. You know, rolls off the tongue, even though you said fungi multiple times last episode. Didn't like that you did that. And then Gojo, Satoru. Satoru. Yeah. Gojo Satoru. Satoru. Yep. And then this one, this is where, you know. Oh, God. I can't do this one. Re... So they throw that Y in there. Okay. But it's actually re O Min Ryomen. Ryomen. Su This is the Ryomen. This is the one you struggled with. Su ka na. Sukana. Sukana. So don't say Sukuna, it's Sukana. Sukana, yep. So it's like it's like you saying as much uh, fun as Sukuna uh, as much fun as uh Sukuna like- Matata is. It's like it's like you being Spanish the last seventy five episodes and calling Mikasa Mikasa and saying me my house. You you pretty much said my house for an entire seventy five episodes. Well, but. that's like that's an entire other situation <laughs> because um, they said I would listen in the anime. That was that name said like eight different ways. I swear to God. Yeah, it's like Bertolt. <laughs> um, but anyway, moving on to the actual episode. We will try our best just because we did that. Don't expect it to be perfect. And the horrible thing is there's going to be more characters introduced, and we're going to say those wrong. So just yeah. hang with us, ladies and gents. So Girl of Steel, we start out in the hustling and bustling of the streets of Tokyo. The uh, The girl we met on the train at the end of the last episode has arrived. Uh, Fushi and Itadori are waiting outside, and they stick, stick out like sore thumbs. They do. Hey... You talked about Tokyo, and this is a beautiful scenery right here. Mm-hmm. Would you like to visit Tokyo one day? Yeah, dude, we're going. We're going. We're go. We said it like, once. We get two hundred followers, and that money just starts pouring in. We are parlaying that into one oh, yeah. heck of an adventure. And I, I'm not a big city guy. I'll be honest, but I would love to just go there for a couple weeks. I'm I'm more of a country mm-hmm. boy. I mean, I've always you been think a we boy. could do like two weeks? Two weeks, yeah, yeah. solid. Yeah, I think the only just, thing that would you know, long trip, so you want to get yeah. your get your good out of it. I think, and I've got to bring my own fork. That's the only problem. I'm gonna have Ooh. to wash my own fork. I'm gonna have to because you can't bring more than one fork. But I don't know how to use chopsticks. I really don't. Well, that's I think that's the whole part. We got to be integrated into the culture. We got to work on it. Yeah, but imagine a guy just walking around with his own fork. I mean, it is funny. <laughs> just um, in his left hand. I don't even put think, it in my pocket. Yeah. Hmm. I'm going with a spork. You're going to sport? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, we're going to go. And then when we get 400 followers, we're making the ch- we're just moving over there because this podcast will perform better if we're in Japan, I think. full We full weeb it. Yeah. Just go straight to Japan. Japan, I think. But no, they're sticking out like sore thumbs because they're in their school uniform, I presume, which is like some sort of cloak to begin with. It's a black cloak. Itadori is wearing a hoodie underneath that. It's just too much. I got hot just looking at it. I started mm-hmm. sweating. Because it looks like a beautiful day in Tokyo. Pretty warm. Well, I think she said it was like March, so it's probably a little chilly. Actually, she didn't say that. I kind of just made that up. Yeah, I don't think she said any month, so 
don't just lie. It looked pretty. I looked around. Everyone else was in like shorts, t-shirts, and then these two okay. bozos were in full on. Looked like they were walking through the tundra. So Itadori asked how there can only be just three first years. To which Fushi says, "How many people have you met that can see curses?" Uh, he says the number of jujitsu sorcerers are very minimal. And Gojo pulls up on the scene, also very overdressed for this yeah. occasion. I like Fushi like kind of saying that in a smart ass way, because it's like, dude, you've never seen a curse before like last week and you're asking how there's only three first right. years. <laughs> and uh so Gojo, he turns up and it turns out the uniforms can be customized, and Gojo just took it upon himself to put a hood on Itadori's. I like this guy. I personally, I would have asked to customize mine into short sleeves and something that showed off my calves a little bit. I think he gave him that little red for uh, what are they for like blood and evil since he's got Sukuna inside wow, of him. Wow, you think so? I think he get yeah little yeah little I, code message I, there. I don't know what he was doing, but my favorite part is how you know it's never addressed as to why Gojo put a hoodie on. He's just like yeah, I felt like he was a hoodie guy. So let's just throw him one on there. We cut over to a man with the most chiseled jaw I have ever seen. Did you notice this guy? Did you notice the yes, jaw? I noticed the jaw, the crimson chin jaw. This jaw has a jaw inside of his jaw. It's crazy. Me and you, we could slip on a two-man harness, clip onto the rope hanging from his nose, and climb up this rocky mountain that is his jaw. It is unbelievable. <laughs> So old Jaws is trying to get some girl Jaws. walking through the street to model for him. Got one of these guys again, one of these pedophiles. They're backing at it. Always on the lookout for pedophiles. Yep. She turns him down, and this conversation is overheard by our, our new girl student who walks over and asks, Hey, what about me? He doesn't seem to have any interest and tries to run away, but she stops him in his tracks because she needs to know why she's not worthy of such a gig. Well, this is where I have a problem with females, man. Well, uh, okay. I don't want you to, but go ahead. As soon as they see that a pedophile doesn't have interest in them, they're like, oh, well, that guy doesn't have interest in me. I, he needs to have interest in me. And then it's like, come on, girl. This guy's a fucking creep. Do you... Okay. I don't even know what to say to you right now. We see that the boys are watching all this take place. Itadori's touring Tokyo right because he's got some snacks, some really cool sunglasses. He's just living life right. This is me and you, you know. I've got some snacks. You've probably picked up some douchey-ass sunglasses and, like, walking around with your mm -hmm. fork. For some reason, like, you have a backpack, but you always carry your fork. Oh, it's just always in my left hand, yeah. Just because you never know when someone's going to offer you a free sample and you just stab that fork in it. And oh, they're like, they're like, this guy. Like, we got chopsticks, and you're like, I don't know how to use them chopsticks so gojo calls out for her and she has the same exact question every other person does what's up with the blindfold he still hasn't answered that has he no and i don't know when he will so her name is kugi saki nobara 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 yeah great job i'm thinking that's it's probably, feeling, it's feeling, probably feeling, wrong, but good job. I'm feeling okay about it. I really listened to the first name, and they were saying Kugisaki. So, you can correct us, and I'm sure you will. Everyone else makes introductions. 
Kugisaki says that Itadori looks like a potato oh, and my. the kid that ate his own boogers. <laughs> did you see the art style they did for him when they were oh, introducing yeah. him? I was, I was gonna say this <laughs> this looks like something my mother would draw. Spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. She's a little Riri. She uh big Rihanna fan? Well, in the head, she's a little, you know what we I mean? We all, yeah, big Rihanna fans. Um, what was the name of the kid in your school that, you know, growing up that ate boogers? Um, huh. You know what mine was? Abel. Abel? Abel. That, that sounds like a guy that would eat that boogers. I mean, yeah, he was also the one that ate glue because his, yeah. his name was Abel, so he didn't I really can't remember a guy that ate boogers. Really? You didn't have a, what about a glue eater? Uh-uh. Maybe it's because it was... Oh, me. wow. You went to such a classy school. Okay, Chad. How about pay attention to your surroundings, idiot? Might have been me. So she can't stand that Fushi thinks he's all high and mighty. She also bets that he likes setting out slicked gulls on fire. That's a lot to gather from someone with just a name and briefly looking at a person. Fushi's my favorite in the show right now. No, he's not. Yeah, he is. All right, well, br- tell me why then. He's just dope as fuck. He he doesn't care. He's not like Itadori where he, you know, sits there and he's like a little kid that eats boogers. This guy's laid back. He's calm, relaxed. He's a sad sack is what he is. <laughs> he's a sad sack right now. A sad sack? How about, how about crack a smile? You're in Tokyo, dude. Like, what are... What, is guy, he supposed to crack this, a smile no, to this spunky-ass lady? This guy's the kind of guy who is so obsessed with his whatever he thinks his mission is and being the best that he can't enjoy the little, you know, uh, peaks that life gives you. Well, he's got cool dogs. Oh, my God. The, okay, yeah, you're right. <laughs> That's how you know he's a softy on the inside. Uh, yeah, exactly. He's not my favorite, but I like him. I just need to see some more of that soft of side he's not. when he's not sending out puppy dogs. Snowy. Luckily, she think, so she's thinking all of this to herself. She's not saying any of it out loud. And she becomes much nicer when she speaks out loud by saying, Ugh, I always get stuck with unfortunate circumstances. <laughs> See, she's kind of a spunky lady. This made me start to, you know, started to come, come along to her side. I'm starting to like her. That's the same exact thing. Anytime I've gone on like a double date with someone when I don't know who someone's setting me up with, the girl gets there, takes one look at me, and goes, wow, this is an unfortunate circumstance. And I'm like, <laughs> and I go, what do you think you're going to order? I just act like I don't hear. <laughs> like, they've got really good uh, bread here. And I go, yeah. It's free. We know. We'll have some bread. She never even looks or says a word to you. It's, like, it's complimentary. We don't need you to recommend the bread to us. I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's got good butter with it. Uh, it's got a little cinnamon in it. It's crazy how they do that. So Gojo announces that they are going on a tour of Tokyo, and oh my god, you already knew this, but yes! so anime. Yes! Jeez. God, I've been waiting for moments like this. I, I the only thing that I'm mad about is that I can't watch this with you. 
We will one day. One day we have to. I don't think the anime stuff's going anywhere. I'm I'm jumping off the couch and I'm fucking dancing. You know, I've I've done this one time before and I received. uh, I think we received a grand total of zero feedback about it. But I really thought that people knew what I was talking about, so I'm going to do it again. Anytime these so anime moments happen, this is and obviously we're an audio only medium, but I think this works. This is the face I make. Ready? I'm going to make it. Let's see it. Yeah, that's Every, the face. everyone <laughs> that's, knows that Ronnie's making that face mm-hmm. when those so anime moments happen. And here's the face that I'm making when I see it and I get so excited. Oh yeah, yeah, yep. And everyone knows what that face looks like. Mm-hmm. Hope you enjoyed that segment. It's great podcasting, we think. So Gojo says they are going to Ropanji, Ropanji, Ropanji. <laughs> we got over there and whoa, scary looking building. It is very scary looking. Also, big scary cemetery nearby as well. The double whammy of the two made a curse pop up, and we learn that it's not so much the cemeteries that cause curses as much as the fear that is connected with cemeteries, and the same goes for school. So that's a nice little... I like that. That's yeah. pretty interesting. So if you have like a, you know, a, one of those happy cemeteries that... Yeah. You know, few and far between, but they're out there. Somewhere out there. You wouldn't get a curse, but... See, okay, so if I'm understanding this correctly, then from that knowledge, it's simply like the fear, the fear and bad emotions from surroundings like, say, hospitals and graveyards that form these curses. Yeah, it's okay. not the actual like, it's just it's the not fact the actual that, death that's going on. Yeah, and, it's just know, the fact that when people go to the graveyards, they're obviously not having good emotions. That's what causes. Yeah, I think the whole idea is it's not like ghost or anything it's like these things are being manifested by the negative emotions by living creatures so they fill in kugisaki that this uh itadori chum is running around eating fingers and she's not down with that we got a phalange eater over here (laughs) and gojo says that this is somewhat of a test for them itadori is worried since he hasn't learned any jujitsu yet but gojo tells him he's basically half a curse already Although controlling that energy isn't something that you can learn overnight. So what do you do when you've got someone completely unqualified for the job they're getting ready to perform? You give them a weapon. And this weapon... Oh, I love the name of this gives, guy. It's a curse tool called Slaughter, Slaughter Demon. Demon. And I would just like to say, with a name like that, he did not need to specify that it was a cursed tool. <laughs> Because if at any point in my life someone walks up to me, you know, I'm, same thing, I'm completely underqualified for a job, so someone comes gives me a weapon and says, oh, here's here, use this. It's called Slaughter Demon. I would say, oh, so it's cursed, huh? <laughs> and I love, it's a Dory's got like the, uh, the look of a five-year-old that like loves hunting. And he's like my little cousin. If you ever met my little cousin, oh my God, your little that cousin is just loves to shoot things and just beat people up. That's what Itadori looks like right now. He's like, oh, sweet. Like I would not trust him with this weapon. Yeah. Your cousin is dead. You were actually <laughs> telling me earlier this week about how you were getting pretty close to having to like go cuffs to cuffs boxing yeah. with your cousin because he's just trying to hurt someone out here. Yeah. And I probably wouldn't win. He's a little He's curse five. himself. Is it okay if I call your little cousin a curse? Yeah, is that's that, fine. Is that too far? Or? No, that's fine. I don't okay. know. Doesn't right. bother me. That guy sucks. <laughs> so he takes the weapon, starts walking in. 
Uh, Gojo says, oh, one more little thing. Don't let that Sukuna guy that l- is living inside of you out. And Itadori gives a thumbs up, says, yeah, no problem. I got this. What could go wrong? He's staying right inside me. This phalange's not going anywhere. We go into the building, and it's not clean. You know, the housekeeping has not been by. And as they're making their way through the building, we hear Fushi pleading to go in so he can keep an eye on Yuji. But Gojo says Great guy. he needs to fully recover, and besides, the one they're testing this time is Nobara. And dude, Fushi and the panda, two favorite characters in the show so far. Oh my far. god, we're Love back panda. on this motherfucking panda. You know, I actually had a funny thought about this panda since we haven't seen them yet. How fun, like I'm sure it's not going to happen, but how funny would it be if we ran a show, this is the kind of shit we would do. Okay. We have that moment where that panda's just running across the building in the opening <laughs> credits, and then, and then, you never see a see panda again? in the show. <laughs> and, I, and I'll say this too. He would still be my favorite in the show. <laughs> Fucking love that guy. You're like on season four and you're doing your top five list. You're like, yeah, number two. He couldn't quite get the number one spot, but I really respect this guy. The Panda. Panda. And people are like, who? <laughs> Go back to season one. There's a frame of a panda running across a building. I really hope it's not a girl panda. Oh, that would be embarrassing, right? It would. Have we been calling him a guy panda? We have been. I re- so we better us. hope this, we better hope he's a guy. Jesus Christ, we are so. If he's a girl panda, it's not worst. my favorite character. A nondescript panda at this point. Yeah. So we see Nabara walking through this place like she was Chad when he was walking through the halls in his fifth year oh, of high yeah. school. I mean, you sweatshirt just sweatshirt around the waist. Yeah. Don't forget about that. Fifth year of high school, you owned that I place, know. dude. When I. <laughs> I'm almost 21, buying alcohol for people. Mm-hmm. Shit was gnarly. Big man on campus. Um, you get older, they just keep staying the same age. How funny was that too? Itadori's like going spy mode and like go. Oh, he's yeah. crawling from wall to wall, and she's just walking through she like just, nothing. She's strolling through this place like nothing. And then on top of that, she says, "See, oh god, that that was totally you in high school. You were Itadori in high school." Uh, anytime you had like a crush on a girl, that's how you avoided her. You was ki- that right there? Are you kidding me? This is how I went to class trying to avoid people. <laughs> Someone would be trying to get their books out of their top locker, and I would be like crawling in between them and the lockers. They'd be like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Sorry, I'm just trying to get to history." <laughs> uh, don't like, want to see her. They're like, "Aren't you a senior this year?" <laughs> uh, okay, and so. Not only that, she said, I cannot say this. She suggests. Can you say, go. Cold. She suggests. Pretty good. It's hard, though. It right? is hard. It was tough. That they split up. But Yuji is like, hold up. Let's take this seriously. And of course, with a suggestion as silly as that, she kicks him and oh, oh. my God, so anime. So anime. Dude, the fact that she, I'm, I'm into her now. She's totally cool. The fact that she just kicks this mother effer down the stairs. No, no, no. Give it to him. No, 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 no. Doesn't kick him down the stairs. Kicks him in such a way that he spins into a full 1080 before finally falling to the ground. <sighs> She's not that powerful of a kicker. I refuse to believe it. It's just not It's not how... Give me them legs. Poor Yuji's just like us. He doesn't get women either. He says, your emotions have been all over the place today. <laughs> and she says, this is why girls don't like you. And as a man who's trying to learn the game of love, I'm wondering which part she's talking about. I need to know. 
Is she saying like the bitch maid crawling through the hallways? Oh yeah. The part of him saying, "You you know your emotions have been all over the place that today." One too. Yep. So it's just all of it. Yeah, I think it's just all of it, and. A girl like this, an empowering female like this, mm-hmm. I would take her on a fancy date. I really think I would. Well, tell me. Walk me through it. Walk you through the fancy yeah, date? Yeah, what's your fancy? Because last time we role-played, you uh, you walked up to a girl on a train and just said, want to come back to my place? So I would like well, to hear your idea of a fancy date. Yeah, now that I know how she acts, I can I can elaborate a little better. Mm-hmm. First, this is back like when I was around 18 or so. I'd get in my 1995 Honda Accord. Yeah, um, you would. The fuel tank's messed up. I don't know if it's got gas in it or not, so I'd have to stop at the gas station and fill it up. And How often would you do that? About every day. About every day. Just well, in case, because you never seemed, know. That seems unnecessary, but okay. And, uh, you know, it's just wrappers everywhere. Cheeseburger wrappers, just mm-hmm. everything in the car. Because it's a 95 Accord. I'm not taking it. <laughs> Who gets a 95 Accord and thinks... Oh, I'm just going to treat this thing like a baby. Cloth material just smells like straight up ganja. I know the car. Uh, Go and pick her up. Don't open the door for her. I don't. I just call her. You know, I'm not going to her door and opening. I mean, why would I do that? Right. And then her dad gets mad at me because I don't go up to the door. I just call her and tell her I'm here. Mm -hmm. She gets in the car. This is how every date went for me, by the way. Gets in the car. I drive to... uh, Olive Garden. Ooh. Yeah. All right. A little Italian. Get some bread. Nothing like, some... nothing like getting a little garlic in the system for a little romantic evening. Get some bread, get some salad, and then uh, I order some pasta and we share it because I can't spend more than one dinner share meal. Share like one entree or you're doing like a two for 20 ordeal? No, 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 no. Share one entree. And if, I, if she wants more, I can tell her, okay, I'll ask for more breadsticks and salad. And then... We eat, and that's pretty much how the date goes. Pretty good date on a budget. Good work. Um, I would tell you mine, but I've never been on a date, so. Okay. So how? what about an imaginary one? Oh, an imaginary one? It's very complex. We, we'll have to share another time okay. because there it's like different stages. Because uh, while I've never had the chance, I am a romancer, dude. I'll tell you that. And then I forgot to mention the part where on the way back, we stop at a Kroger parking lot in the very back, and it's at night, and we kind of do some stuff. Moving on. So Itadori stands up, mumbles, bitch. <laughs> Whoa. I guess it's one of these shows. This guy is like so it. This guy is so Chad. I I mean, like it was it. a good call Good call by him not saying it out loud just then, though. Oh, yeah. She was whooped his ass. And then out of nowhere, we got a scorpion boyo dropping from the ceiling. Itadori uses, oh, don't know if you remember the name of the weapon, Slaughter Demon, cuts off Ooh. the arm. Quick reflexes. <laughs> and Ronnie my reflexes. favorite line of the episode, the scorpion monster asks if he needs a receipt. <laughs> what, did, what did he buy? I wanted to ask you, I've been dying to ask you this question. What did he buy? I'm assuming he's talking about the arm. You need you need a receipt for that arm you just cut off? He so just like got, prints out a receipt from his mouth? That would right. be so epic. Right. You know, because it seems, uh, I'm not sure how I like, like it doesn't pay off very good. We're in three episodes in and I feel like I've already seen six different monsters just dissolve from the top of the ceiling into action. So I don't know how well that works for me, but I do love all the things the monsters say. We've got, mm-hmm. what time is it, and do you need a receipt? 
I'm on the lookout for that. Excellent customer oh, service. Oh, dude. I, you know, I just thought of something. I thought of something crazy. It is so. We're near a graveyard, kind of. We're near stores and stuff. Mm-hmm. This is a clerk from like a local Walgreens that just despises his life at Walgreens for yeah. some reason. He's just not into being a cashier anymore. He's done it for too long, doesn't want to do it anymore. The curse manifested from him. Now he's asking Itadori if he needs a receipt. Just figured it all out. Nice. You want my quick receipt story? Yeah. So I used to work at a racetrack, which I've described it before. Basically just a nice gas station, one that's got like 24 pumps. Um, It's got all the goods on the inside. So this witch of a woman comes strolling in. It's like late at night, by late at night, like 1030-ish. And uh, she's one of these people, doesn't know what pump she's on. She is hostile with me from the jump. You know, here mm-hmm. I am, Ronnie, you know, 1030, I'm serving you're, customers you're with behind, a smile. You're behind the counter on the stool, so you can, your right. head's above Yeah, it. I had okay. a little bit of a stool to kind of, because it's kind of a high, mm-hmm. it's a pretty high counter. Um, so I'm just trying to, you know, make everyone's day better with a smile. She says, yeah, your pump didn't get me a receipt. And I'm like, oh, uh, excuse me. I'm sorry, ma'am. Uh, what pump were you on? She said, I don't know. And I go, okay, well, we're kind of at a standstill here. Um, what what car do you drive? She goes, it's the black one. And at this point, all right, I'm getting mad, okay? <laughs> because I can tell she has no interest of helping me. She's got a coffee she's trying to buy. And now all I've got, we're working through this one step at a time. So I go, um, what kind of car? It's the Nissan out there. Black. Yeah, we already covered it was black. Uh, So I'm looking, and I'm trying to see, and I go, "Uh, 18? She goes, I don't know. And I was like, all right, that one's fair. You already didn't know, and I asked you if it was 18. That's my bad. So... I'm like, well, do you have any idea of like how much it was? Because now I'm going through I, every single receipt for the day. Not very easy. And she's like, Ugh, $32. So I'm finding it. I'm finding it. And she's like... Just By the way, me- great gas prices in Georgia, folks. Yeah, she's giving me so much attitude. Finally, I print the receipt. I hand it to her. She goes, this isn't right. And I'm like, oh my God. And <laughs> <laughs> so now... She had, she didn't like the coffee she made. She went, poured it out, made herself another coffee while I'm still looking for this receipt. Unbelievable. She's got, she grabbed 20 napkins for a coffee. I got a stack of napkins on my workstation. She comes back. Did this lady have all of her teeth? Yeah. She was like, she was, yeah, she was not, she wasn't like white trash, if that's what you mean. She was just, she total Karen is what's going on here. Uh, And so. So she was like my mom before the accident. Don't talk about your mom like that. Uh, so yeah, she, she walks up, I finally find the receipt, I give it to her, and she goes, well that was hard, and walked away without the napkins, and so I, I'm like, uh, excuse me ma'am, did you need the napkins? She goes, keep them. I'm like, why did you grab 20 napkins? And I go, I, and oh, Ronnie was such a savage. Uh oh. I go, alright, fine, bitch. Oh! <laughs> and she goes she goes ready ready here's the yep. payoff i said it was a quick story wasn't quick at all it's a very long <laughs> story sorry i drowned down the podcast she said what did you say and i said do you need a receipt <laughs> and so, <laughs> yes Woo! she said no walked out get wrecked so that was my story i hope you liked it
And then that leads us all to this monster saying, do you need a receipt? So, uh, yeah, this is what people come to the podcast for, to not hear anything about the actual show we're covering. Itadori makes quick work of this monster. We cut to Gojo, who is giving Fushi a scouting report on Itadori. Says he's missing some brains, but he has no hesitation when it comes to killing these things that take the form of liver, living creatures, albeit bizarre-looking ones. Dude, the, some of these things are buzz, very bizarre. And so, okay, but this made me pause and really dive into what Gojo said. Okay. Because it's like he's saying these curses are dumb and turn into these hideous creatures that, of course, you would want to kill because of how terrible they look. But how he's like saying, how is Itadori going to perform when he strolls up on oh. some next level curses that transform into a little girl skipping around holding a oh. teddy bear? Dude, I didn't even think about that. Jeez. That's messed up. That's how my mind works. So you think we're going to get to where these curses are so good, they're going to do stuff like that? They're going to be little girls that act all innocent? That's what Gojo made it sound like. He's like, albeit these are some bizarre looking ones. Pretty easy to kill these. Wait till he sees the the little boy riding riding a choo-choo train. Little Johnny just riding his bike. God. So still, Gojo seems pretty impressed since Yuji has been or hasn't seen many curses throughout his time. This is all still very new to him, and which is special because he makes Fushi think about all the jujitsu sorcerers he's known who failed from frustration due to their fear or disgust. Gojo yep. finishes up. Couldn't be couldn't be Fushi though, or the panda. No, that guy Fushi didn't give any fucks. Gojo finishes up with so today I want to find out how crazy she is. And we cut to Nobara, who is standing in a room and says, You, curse. She calls out a mannequin in the middle of the room, trying to prove the fact that she can't be fooled and knows where the curse is hiding. And then, oh shit, she pulls out the most kawaii hammer I've ever mm-hmm. seen. This thing's so cute. Aww. I mean, isn't it a little hard on it? It is. T- yep. Tell me about that. You're not saying anything. Talk about the hammer. About the hammer? Okay, I want let's... I want 10 seconds on the hammer because I feel like you're a little okay. lazy right now. Sorry. To be fair, I pushed you aside. You did push me aside and tell a really long story, story, but it's all good. It was a good story. Uh, about the hammer. I love a lady with a hammer in her hand. Strong woman. Little heart on it, even cuter. Want to put a couple nails in me? Do it. Thank you. So she puts some cursed energy on some nails and hammers those babies into the head of this mannequin And sure enough, we see a little eyeball just open on up. But at the same time, the boys outside are talking and say, Do you think Nobara knows that the curses over here in Tokyo are much different than the ones out in the countryside? You can't just be using your old country techniques. Come on, Nabara. And of course, we're watching Jujutsu Kaisen, so naturally, three more eyeballs pop out of this thing. So many eyeballs. So many eyes. She tells the curse that it might want to pull those nails out as she snaps, and in doing so, the nails drive further in and explode the head off the mannequin. And then she think, and then she thinks to herself, "Nailed it! Nailed it! That was good." <laughs> this girl's not so bad. I thought she was bad in the beginning, but she's kind of hot. I gotta be honest. When she said "nailed it," I kind of got a little mad. I was like, "How many? Because how oh. many times has she used that line?" Well, hey, how many, okay, how about this? How many more times is she going to use that line? Oh, very good point. 
She hears some extracurricular scuffling taking place behind the boxes where she looks and a little kid seems to just be hanging out in here. The kid is so scared that he doesn't want to move and so she thinks it's because it's true what they say. Kids don't warm up to beautiful women. Oh, starting to like her even more. So you're buying into all this, huh? No, that's kind of a, honestly, you know what that is? A bitchy bitchy sentence right there like i said earlier it's females they think they look so they want to just look good for everyone they can't just be with their significant other they got to look good for his his friends they got to start texting his friends and oh. hanging out with his friends and yeah i mean to we got a one star review because we were apparently discussing girls little girls having crushes and now i hope she gets a one star review for yeah. saying Oh, little boys are always scared of beautiful women. Mm-hmm. It's just not. It's not cool. And then before you know it, they've been around the block with all of your buddies. The kid starts to come out, and as soon as he does, a little green troll alien monster comes out and grabs his head, takes the boy hostage. Nobara is a bit sketched out because she realized that this curse has intelligence, and that's just as Gojo is outside saying these Tokyo curses are pretty cunning and they like to enforce cruel decisions. She gets frustrated because this curse isn't even that strong, but it knows that, hence why it's holding the little boy hostage. So she starts doing some logical but also very dark thinking about how if she dies, so does the child. Mm-hmm. But if the t- child dies, she won't. She won't. You know, at that point, it's really just a numbers game. And I respect, a lot of times in these type of shows, they all they care about is just saving the child. She's actually thinking like a real human would right here. Well, yeah, as you would, definitely. Huh? This is, yeah. No, I would have loved to save a little kid. You're the type of guy that sees a kid drowning in the ocean is like, all right, well, here's... (laughs) Whoa, dude, the currents currents in the ocean are You're like, there's one or two things that can happen. I can go out there and we both die in the current, or I can just... Call a lifeguard. Or I can just say, swim this way! And then it at least looks like I tried to do something. Hey, oh, quick, very, very quick story time. About four years ago, was at the beach. I'm a very in-shape guy because it was only four years ago. Yeah. (laughs) Don't know why I had to mention that because this has nothing to do with the story. Yeah, I don't know why you had to do that either. All we Okay, we're sitting at our tent. We have a tent, our whole family. We hear... Kid drowning, kid drowning. This lady is just yelling it, screaming, terrified. Mm -hmm. And so I get up. I'm like, this is my moment to shine. And I look for the nearest lifeguard. He's way down the beach. For some reason, the one that was right behind us wasn't at the stand. So your moment to shine in your head was, I'm getting ready to just find this lifeguard so hard. I'm finding the shit out of this lifeguard. I start running to find the lifeguard. I look to my left. I'm yelling for people to get the lifeguard. They finally get him. And then, then there's this lady behind us that's running to go get the kid. Mm-hmm. She happened to be like a throat doctor. She was like, that's what she specialized in. She oh. was given, then she ran to the kid, started giving him CPR. It was crazy. And, but yeah. and then someone ran up to you and went, hey, are you the guy that told the guy to go get the lifeguard? And you yeah. went, yep, that was me. <laughs> They're like, and then they said, you're a legend. <laughs> It was awesome. And then the news stations came and said, So, sir, you were involved with this? And you went, uh, Well, yes, I uh, I heard someone screaming over there, and so I just knew what I had to do, and that was the right thing, of course. So I just said, Hey, get the lifeguard. Get the lifeguard. And then this other guy got the lifeguard. <laughs> I was hammered, too. It was a crazy moment. Basically, I, what I'm trying to say is I saved a kid's life. 
But moving on. Good work. But it turns out she's not as shitty as we might have thought. She drops her hammer and nails, pleads for the boy's life, but the monster doesn't let him go. So she immediately starts to regret her decision as she says, I just wish I could have seen... I think this auto-corrected. Is yeah, it, I'm sure that's what happened. Is it Sori-chan? What, do you have Come the name? Come on, Ronnie. It's not... It autocorrected. What's the spelling? I had the, the pronunciation right. Uh, yeah, that's you had it right. Sori-chan. Sori-chan. It's not Chan. You don't say Chan. Like, Itadori-chan. <laughs> what are you looking at me What like is that? the name? Sor- Sori-chan. You're right. I just wanted to, I was just calling your bullshit autocorrect Well, thing. you can get off your phone and find hey, it being your notes. I'm not on my phone. <laughs> not right now. I was just looking at Discord. Amez, she finally entered the sweatshirt, tied around the sweatshirt gang. Oh, wow. Sent a picture. One month never, one month late, not too late. Hey, you lost. You entered, you entered way too late. Oh, yeah. Who, who won that contest again? Uh, some guy named Chad. Just then, just then. Just then, eat the dory. Just then, a fist erupts from the wall behind the monster, and after initially missing, Yuji breaks through and uses a very reasonably named weapon, Slaughter Demon, Slaughter Demon. to cut off the monster's arm or the hand that is holding the boy. So we got the kid back. Which, by the way, she kind of tried to half explain it earlier. But what the fuck is this kid doing here, dude? That. I still couldn't figure that one out. And how is this guy punching through concrete all the time? Well, I mean, where do you just randomly just one day figure out you can just punch through concrete? And he's like, oh, I guess I can do this now. <laughs> he's already jumped up. And this is before he even swallowed the phalange. He jumped up four stories, punched through a window. Right. And he's just thought it was normal. Like, how does he think this is just normal? <laughs> he's just very, you know, he threw a ball very far. He's very talented. You weren't ready to call him athletic. Are you ready yet? Are we still, I mean, need, still need to see a little bit more? If it's, we'll, we'll see later. If it's reinforced concrete, I might. I mean, ser- once again, on this kid, don't know what he's doing here. She was like, oh, he's probably just uh, curious and being a kid and walks into this spooky fucking building. Kids don't do that. For that to make sense, he at least needs to have a dead little friend around here somewhere. Or he, his cat ran away from him. He was following his cat. Something like that. I mean, if he truthfully walked into this building by himself all alone, we need to put him down. I'm going to say it because he's going to be a serial killer. Whoa. Because little kids don't just go into scary situations just by themselves. I feel like they're on like a ninth floor. He just wandered up to the ninth floor of an abandoned building all by himself. I know. There's no way the elevator worked. He had to go all the way up the stairs. The monster starts to get away by jumping out of the building, and Fushi sees this and starts to make his move, but is held off by Gojo. We cut back to Nobara, who of course is using the straw doll technique. Yep. I would have done the same exact thing in this situation. You know, the straw doll technique is definitely one of my top three techniques. Top three? Oh okay. yeah, where is it in your techniques? I was going to say top five, possibly top three. Mm, all right, agree to disagree. She nails a little straw doll into the hand the monster left behind, and the thing erupts in midair outside. Get wrecked. Gojo watching from below decides, she's crazy, all right. Oh, yeah. We cut to a bit of backstory. Love crazy lady. Nobara says, when she was in first grade, Sori moved to our village from Tokyo. She looks like she's 14, by the way. Um, Sori? Yeah, she does. Why would, so she didn't say why, right? 
It's this whole backstory confused me quite a lot. The girl looks like she's 14, but the way she's talked about it seems like she was old enough to be living there on her own. Like, I like think 20 she, or something. Yeah. Um, I mean, let's not be judging uh, people's age on what they look like. Ronnie. Well, I'll tell you what I'm doing, which you should probably do. Cause I noticed how you just made her 20 out of nowhere. Be careful. And that's what I was doing. I was like, wow, this looks like a pretty fresh face. Um, maybe she's, you know, of adult age. Looks like a pretty nice house. She's definitely a trust fund kid because it's a nice house. I was asked what high school I went to the other day. So people need to be careful with my feelings. That didn't happen. I've been asked that before. Yeah, like when you were in high school? No, like last year. Oh, so it didn't happen the other day. Not the other day, but it's happened before. Well, at least it doesn't seem like you're still thinking about it. Pisses me off, man. I'm a freaking man. So this was just someone for young Nobar to look up to, yet Sori was ostracized by the villagers. Chad, define ostracized. Um, it's where, I think it's, uh, they called her ugly because she looks like an ostrich. Excludes someone from a group. Oh, so it's kind of right. It has nothing to do they with got, the ostrich. They got it from the origin of ostrich, the Austrian word ostrich. Because ostrich, as everyone knows, is very... Secluded. Very excluded, not secluded. <laughs> it's an ugly... Those things are so ugly, dude. So it's just a shitty town. People forced her out. They graffitied her car with things such as leave, go back to Tokyo, filth, serves you right. Wow. And my my personal favorite of this graffiti was simply just broken van. <laughs> like, I like how... Yeah. I like to think they didn't do anything to the van... But they just were like, oh, this will show it. She's going to, until she starts this thing, she's going to think this thing's broken. <laughs> we see a scene where they're eating tasty treats and giggling. Nobara ends up saying, if I had stayed in that village. And then there is just a head laying in the snow. Yeah, that's brutal. We just cut. There's a head that looks like, sorry, but also it looks like a mannequin head. What the fuck is going on here? I think it is sorry. But did you do you know Sorry. what I mean? No, I know what you mean. It's they just abruptly showed that. I don't know if like the one of the people, the townspeople, actually did that to her, and they just. But the way they set, laid it out, it just was out of nowhere. Their head head was just laying there. Do you think this girl's dead? Yeah, I think so. But it's so confusing that I. Okay, also I the beginning I thought she was dead, and then later on in the episode I was like, what if they run into her at Tokyo? Well, somewhere she's in Tokyo. getting ready to say something like, oh. We'll get to it, but it was super um, weird. Do you think? Do you think that she has these powers, these curse powers, because of her thoughts of when all this crap happened? Like, how do you think that's how she kind of got it, or what? I don't know if it's something that you're born with, or I don't know. Because so, would your argument be that Itadori's had them for like a like he had them even before the show started? And yeah. he just realized that he had him now. I mean, this dude was punching through <laughs> concrete walls before the show started. I don't know. This guy would be. You saw him punch through concrete walls before the show started. Well, I mean, he was throwing shot put like a baseball for world records before anything even. But happened. that was without cursed energy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's been like that for a while. I don't know if he's like it's inside him. He just doesn't know how to use it. You know what I mean? I'm still trying to figure that part out. Where I'm, I'm sure it'll be answered later, but I'm, I was just curious. Because, like, yeah. 
Like, do you automatically become more athletic slash powerful in just normal, in a normal way without using cursed energy if you have the ability to use cursed energy? I don't know. Does that make That's sense? Question. What you're saying? Because she was shocked that he punched through that concrete earlier, too. And then he was like, oh, I ate the phalange. Or then she was like, oh, but you ate the phalange. And I'm like, nah, this man was jumping four stories before the phalange was inside him. Yeah. The whole power structure is kind of kind of weird right now. So I'm going to, you want my wildest theory on uh, this chick? Yeah. Sori was never even real. Nobara is a schizophrenic. Oh, that's a good take. How about that? That is a great take. You like it? I like that a lot. Like, that actually makes sense. Thank you. Because she's a little bitchy, too, and I, I could just see her. She's not even real. Yeah. Wait, who's not real? Nabara's not real, or? <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Yeah, I like that. So Nobara tries to blame this on Yuji while also asking what he's eating to allow him to punch through concrete. Oh, there it is. They kind of skip past that, and Yuji asks her why she came to Jiu-Jitsu High. And by the way, there's still a kid here who's been missing from home for who knows how long at this point. I just want to clear that up. She says it's because she hates the countryside and wanted to live in Tokyo. And oh my god, so anime. Itadori takes this news as if he was literally struck by lightning. <laughs> I have no idea what part of this was so shocking. Get it though? Shocking? Struck by lightning? Yeah. That's kind of where they went with that. In the end, I guess he's so dumbfounded by this because it seems like a crazy reason for her to danger her life, but she's never seemed more sure of anything. More sure of anything. Which is, if you, I mean, if you think about it, it is really stupid. You want to risk your life and fight off these weird, terrifying monsters just so you can live in Tokyo? Yeah. Like, can't you just do that without? <laughs> <laughs> can't you just be new city, new me? Yeah. You know. She says if she stayed in that village, she would have been as good as dead. And as she thinks back to the good, so crazy. As she thinks back to the good memories once again, she lets her know that she lets Sori know that she's made it to Tokyo. Like she's saying this to herself, and that if they ever meet here, they need to go to that bakery she was always talking about. Yeah. Okay. This girl's made up. This girl is made up. You're so right. So. Oh, this bitch is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> She starts petting the child for some reason as she thanks Yuji for helping out because she wouldn't have had as bright of a future if she had died, which she's not wrong. I, I find that happens in most yeah. cases. We cut to Gojo waving at the young child who just points in a general direction and says, I live over there, bye. <laughs> and then I feel like he immediately gets picked up by a white van. Like they couldn't have walked him to the door. I don't trust this kid. So He's Gojo a, can see through the blindfold, is what you're saying? As far what do you mean? Do you think he's got like telekinesis where he doesn't need to see through it? I think that's kind of what they're implying, yeah. That okay. he, he feels things happening and he feels things so hard okay. that he doesn't need to see them. Gotcha. Um, but I don't I trust mean, this kid. This wish kid's I a little dumb. Like, like he's walking up into cursed buildings, he's Pointing in general direction, saying this is where I'm from. Next just, yeah, scene, just let him go. Who even cares about this kid? Who, I guess, but this is where I get mad. Next scene we see is Yuji and Nobara waiting around when Gojo and Fushi walk up saying that they made sure the kid got home safely, to which I would say, well, not really. 
You got him maybe on the right street if he was telling the truth. You'd, who yeah, knows where he's at? Just let him go. Whatever. They go to get something to eat as they bicker back and forth some more. Fushi's pouting because he didn't get to join in on the cursed adventure this week. And then we cut to a log from July 2018 at a juvenile detention center. In the sky above the exercise yard, we see some prisoners looking up into the sky as the log continues. Unnamed apparition for pretend... Uh, to... What the <laughs> fuck? Are these my notes? Unnamed apparition to... Uh, unnamed apparition potential special grade. Uh, ooh, special grade. That's That was like me in school. They just called well, me special with well, grades. What a what a name, like yeah. Uh, imagine ah oh, yes, looking up into the sky and being like yeah, that looks like an unnamed apparition of potential special grade. Anyways, um, what is the definition of apparition? Uh, apparition is it's like a uh, it's like I know it, but I can't it's define like a, it. Uh, like a spirit or a yeah. ghost. Is okay. that kind of what you're thinking? Yeah, like a. A foreseen, uh, mm. in, I don't even know. Yeah, I don't it's know a foreseen, yeah. To yes. simplify it, just call it an apparition of potential special grade. Okay. Anyway, its cursed womb was witnessed by several non-jujitsu sorcerers, and then they let us see this thing. And I was kind of making fun of it before, but I'll be damned. The only way I know how to describe it is by calling it an unnamed apparition of potential special grade. Describe mm-hmm. this thing, Chaz. It's black. No, it's not. It's scary. Um, though it, it is black, right? I mean, I get it's like on the it's inside like a, of like an egg. It's on yeah, the inside of an egg, and it's I don't even really know how to explain it. I, you know how to explain it? It's an unforeseen apparition of intellectual being. Unforeseen and unnamed. It's crazy. <laughs> the log continues. Due to the emergency nature, three jiu-jitsu high first years were dispatched to the scene, and one died. Ooh. And then, lost in paradise. When we get to the after credit scene. So one sorcerer has already died. That's kind of scary. And then we get to the after credit scene where they play some rock, paper, scissors and have a very passionate argument about sushi. John Conjin! Yeah, so I guess this is like, uh, are we seeing the season arc here? Are they giving us a little glimpse at that? What are they? Because obviously we have three first years. Yeah. Jiu-Jitsu sorcerers. Um, Is that, is you think this is going to be like the main big thing at the end? Oh, the big thing for like their training, basically, or what do you mean by that? I'm conf- I'm confused by what you're saying. Are we seeing like a glimpse into the future of the show? Is that what they're doing? Oh yeah, I I believe so. Like okay. this is how it's gonna be from from now on. All right. So, what did you think of this episode? I liked it. I mean, I just liked that we got a little bit more of Anabara. That was pretty much all it was about. Yeah, it was a good episode. It felt more like a um. Like a monster of the week ordeal. Yeah. You know, I don't know. A couple things might have like progressed the overall plot of everything, but it was still cool seeing. The receipt thing was awesome. The receipt thing was great. Uh, Good episode. And we can actually, we'll talk about this. 
uh, Hapalord, she's getting shout out all over the place. She's making big moves. She asked a question. What is your what is your first impression of Yuji as the main shonen protagonist? Itadori. Sorry, I haven't been calling him Yuji. Yeah, I think I think he's not bad. He's just to me, he's kind of like the average guy right now. I know it's only been three episodes. Obviously, that can change pretty quickly. He's the average kind of just playful, wanting to do good, average shonen guy. Is how I kind of look at him in, in this moment. Yeah, I feel. I would agree. He's um he's been like silly or whatever and it's been fun and I'm just interested to see where he goes from here basically. I'm interested to see if it, shit gets real serious too cuz right. Cuz you like, never know you never know with these type shows if it will get that serious or like how dark they want to go with it. Mm-hmm. I'm very interested to see that. Like we've seen him get uh get serious when he thinks about like his grandpa's last words and how he needs to save mm-hmm. people. We've kind of seen a different side of him. I guess I'm interested in seeing how they mix more of that side where he gets uh, connected more with these other characters along with that fun, goofy side. And then uh, we'll do a little bit of a learn a little something about Ronnie and Chad here. Which is basically where you kind of just learn a little something about Ronnie and Chaz. And this is from... God, so many names I don't know how to pronounce. Kayidi? Kayidi? I yeah, don't know. Kayati. I'm kind of working my way backwards through your old episodes. How would you guys say your podcasting personalities have changed throughout this process? To me, you guys seem more relaxed as time goes on, and it feels a little more effortless. Anyway, love the podcast. Keep it up, guys. Thank you, my friend. What do you think, Chad? I'll start this one off. How do you feel? I am way more relaxed doing this now than I was in the beginning. I, I'm going to be honest, man. I was nervous as shit in the beginning. <laughs> like, I was sweating like I had a live audience watching me. Like right. There was a camera on me. We didn't have any of those things. But, no. But in my mind, we had all of them. We it, were in front of a stadium of people. That's what it felt like for me, the first like five episodes. No, I would say the first 20 episodes. It is funny. I definitely... Um, I definitely picked up on a different side of you when we did the podcast because you could tell that you were a little rattled. But I don't know necessarily if you're like extremely bad. Like to me, you weren't bad. You could just see that you were more rattled then. And then for me, I've, I still like, I don't know necessarily if I feel more relaxed or better. I was never super nervous. The most nervous I get is when I would come over this way during Attack on Titan season four airing and not having seen the episode yet and being like, okay, I got to watch this and then figure out what I'm going to say. And hopefully what I say makes sense. That was like the most nervous I got. Okay. I I feel like you, well, yeah, mostly you've improved. I haven't really improved that much. Your flow improved more as we got on, as we went along, my flow's kind of just been pretty stagnant along the way, but that's just how I am. Yeah. Yeah. That's the other thing too is there's so many times where we do these podcasts and I don't know when they're going to be good and when they're yeah. bad. Like this one, I get to the end and I'm like, oh God, I like I did fucking terrible. But maybe when I edit it a little bit, it won't be as mm-hmm. bad as I think it is. And then sometimes I'm like, oh, that one was good. And then I go back and edit it. Yeah. I'm like, I was also oh, really was- nervous to just say, say, speak my mind in the beginning. I feel like I didn't really just come out of my shell. Right. Now that I'm out of my shell, I just say whatever the hell I want, man. Yeah, we noticed. And it's uh 
very dangerous. I, I say what I feel. This is the ins- This is my heart speaking. It's guys. very dangerous, but you know what? I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> With that being said, that's the end of this episode. Episode four will come out Thursday night. Be ready for your workday Friday if you're if you like listen to podcasts that way on YouTube. By the way, guys, I've completely forgot to put this on YouTube. If you're a YouTube listener, you're obviously not listening right now because it's not on YouTube, but it will be within the next couple days. Good work. <laughs> I've been Ronnie, and I've been Chad. Peace. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>